Uh, here we are in the studio, and um, I'm very lucky to be with Naomi Jansen. Hey, Stephen. And Chris Phillips. Hello, Chris. Hi, Hi Stephen Chris. and Naomi. This is our third week with Chris, and um, we're lucky because yeah. we have Chris in the studio. We actually are in 3D. We've been having people beaming in from other places in the world, and we actually have Chris with us today, which is great to be in the studio together. Mm, yeah. So nice for me. How did we get here? I don't know. That went really fast. <laughs> right before we turn on the mics, um, Chris, you were saying, and by the way, if you hadn't had a chance to check out the um, guide page, do check it out because Chris is giving away um, a free chapter from her new book and um, called The Silent Treatment. The Silent Treatment, Confessions of a Meditation Retreat Junkie. Chris is a meditation mm -hmm. retreater. She's been to them all. Yeah. yeah, she's done everything all over the world. Well, <laughs> ever I plan to do more. But, um. <laughs> she samples them and she reports back. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever thought about going on a retreat or you, you already do them yourselves and you want to compare your experience with Chris's, this is a fantastic, a fantastic book. And it's it's it hasn't been published yet, so this is a sneak peek. This is a sneak peek, and I'm still finishing it off. But um, there's retreats in uh, Sydney area, Byron Bay, Maui the south of France and um, before I finish the book I have to go to Mexico so I can write one research for South America. Yes, so very excited important. about that. Yeah, that's very important. <laughs> but the one in Plum Village in the south of France was the most recent one that mm -hmm. was in July and mm -hmm. it was fantastic. It's the center where um, Thich Nhat Hanh started that and that's his residence. Mm. So it's it's an incredible experience and different to other retreats I've been to. Mm -hmm. Other retreats you tend to have sitting practice right through the day. Yeah. And this one you only really had a sitting practice in the morning, but it was about a mindful life. And so everything you did, you did with joyful attention is how they described it. And um, one really cool thing throughout the day, there's this beautiful big bell in every hamlet. There's three hamlets. Mm -hmm. And... Um, one of the monks would ring the bell at various times through the day, like more than hourly, and the whole village would stop. 120 people would just stop in their tracks. Breathing in, I feel calm. Breathing out, I smile. And then go on with the day. And that just... That's great. After a week oh. of doing that, you just drop in so deeply. That's like my app does that. It, it is like <laughs> your app, actually. Yeah. Um, I should send it to... Take my hand and see a, if I can get her testimonial. It's an entire remindfulness for the village. Mm. Yeah. Was it every hour on the hour or just it, different it, times? It was random, but it was it was at least hourly. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter what you were doing or if you were in the middle of a conversation, because everyone was on the same page, we just all pause. And um, he says we can, we can build that into all sorts of areas with our lives. So he said when the phone rings, mm -hmm. rather than straight away going to pick it up, go ah that's my little reminder bell breathing in i feel calm breathing yeah. out i relax and smile wow. oh i'm gonna pick up my phone and then how you pick up the phone after that is really different than if you just pick up the phone i love that yeah it's um i'm gonna have to increase the number of uh, rings that i tell my phone company to allow before it goes to voicemail i don't have enough yet time to, to do just that, go yeah. uh... but I love that idea and it reminds me a little bit of uh, something I read Eckhart Tolle saying take the most boring thing that you have to do every day and turn that into a meditation by doing it with your full attention yeah and I did that with washing the dishes when I mm. lived somewhere that didn't have a dishwasher which I fought against 
until I read this, uh, the dishes would pile up. Oh, I hate it. I had so many better things to do than the dishes. And I started to do the mindfully. Yeah. Well, we all had a, a job to do at our groups at um, Plum Village. And our job was to stack the desanitizer machine after everybody had washed their dishes. And the nuns that introduced us to the sanitizer machine, they said, think of, think of this machine as the Buddha and that he's helping us. And I mean, the way everyone approached this machine was completely different then. It was, it was just very gentle and uh, everything was done just with so much care and attention. And, mm. and one night I was helping chop vegetables and, uh, and one of the nuns came up to me and she showed me how she would like it done. They're not backward and coming forward about saying how things should, they'd like things to be, which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising because they're so gentle, but they're really clear about mm-hmm. this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she just said, uh, joyful attention. We, we chop the vegetables with joyful attention. And then I shared something with her, which I used to do with my little boy when he was growing up. Was whenever we cooked anything, it wouldn't matter what we was, what it was, we would take a sprinkle of love. And so we touch our hearts and we put it oh, in the food. Pe- oh, that's beautiful! I love that. Where did you get that? Did you make that up? I made it up, and wow, um, that's great. And he still does it. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, and uh, and and the that makes me teary. The nun that I shared it with, she she. She gave me a, one of those special little smiles that only those monks can do. They're just, oh, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. But, but my son still does it, actually, which is really cute oh. because he's a giant now, <laughs> adult. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're describing mindful attention and intention. Yeah. And it's, it's um, I mean, about living an intentional life. Because that's when you're using your mind as a tool rather than letting your mind just kind of use you as a tool. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. were, and you were saying something about, um, I mean, I know that right before we turn on the mics and you mentioned about gratitude. And it reminds me of the quote that you said that. Uh, the melody beat. Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like the same kind of thing. I love, yeah. Intention. She said. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. I love that. That is beautiful. Who is that again? Melody Beatty. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I used that when uh, when I really started learning about the benefits of gratitude and started using it actually as an intervention. So if ever I am having a not great day or feeling a bit flat or I do a thing called radical gratitude, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is I find as many things in the room where I am right now that I can be grateful for. Exactly. And I name yeah. them all. And I keep going until I'm out of my funk. Until you run out, or out of the funk, or yeah. run out of things to say thank you for. Well, whichever comes first, yeah. but it, it is quite incredible. Um, you know, those times 
whether it's outside circumstances or your physiology or whatever, but you just, you know, you're a bit subpar. And it's a great way to lift you out of it. It really is. And and I start with really simple things like, I'm really grateful for these socks I've got on because yeah. they're warm and cosy and I, I I bought them and they're still there and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm comfy for this chair. I'm happy, you know, grateful for this chair that I'm sitting in because mm-hmm. it's comfortable and, mm-hmm. oh, I can breathe, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a good one. <laughs> the gr- gratitude meditation is my always my go-to if I'm in a funk. It's, yeah. it's the one. It's the one thing that will help pull it out, apart from doing some tapping as well. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, and I've mentioned this before in in one of my live broadcasts. When I'm driving to work, I just have thank yous all the way to work. I make, I make sure there's nothing on the radio, and I just thank. Yeah, thank and you. the word thank you is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I forget to say it. Mm. And uh, and when I remember. And, and do say it, it just feels so good. It's, mm. it's juicy. I was just reading recently that I've got, I've got to find out where it is because I actually wanted to start recommending it to clients that, um, like if I'm working over a long period of time with, with them, because um, I think it was somebody who said that they were challenged to do this, did it, and said it was remarkable, the change in their life. And that was just every day you have to think of three things that you are truly grateful for, and you actually have to feel the gratitude, and they have to be three different things every day. Mm. And they can be incredibly simple, like what you were saying. Yeah. Um, Five-minute journal have a practice like that, and they're Mm -hmm. quite prescriptive about have something that's small, something that's um, visceral maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and something that's more abstract. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what they are, but that practice, and you do it every day, is is so powerful. I've done it a lot. And then it be- just becomes automatic. Well, it needs to be, it needs to be a practice to, to start with, I think, because it's not human nature to return again and again to the things that are good because our survival wiring is set up to make us focus on what's not good. What does Rick Hansen say? Our brains are Velcro for the negative and Teflon for the positive. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right because we don't run as fast towards positives then we run mm, away from mm. negatives mm, but it's a primal instinct. It is, it is. It's it's about survival wiring because what's more important? But we're not being pursued by lions anymore, but we're still having those reactions. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we actually right. need to train our brain mm-hmm. away from that negativity bias. And that's where the practice part comes in. Because, and you know, there are some things like, I, I got this, um, like I love my dining room right now. <laughs> I've been loving, I got those chairs like three years ago. Every single morning as I walk into, every single morning I walk into that room and I go, oh, I love those chairs. <laughs> and I love about myself, if I could just say this, I'm grateful that it has not worn off. In fact, now I have a rug I like, which I didn't like the old rug. I go, oh, and that rug. So I think that... Um, even though, I mean, that tells me, it reassures me that I do have, all the practices that I've been doing have actually um, amounted in mm. a natural positivity bias 
Even if it's just something like, oh, I love those chairs. Oh, well, that. just simple things with beauty to remind you, to put you back back into that. Just yeah. surround yourself with beauty. And, it, and it, you don't have to go and buy a <clears throat> a Mark Rothko, though I wouldn't mind a lazy Rothko <laughs> on the wall. Um, you don't need to go and invest a lot of money to have beauty around you. No, it could be just that you just say, oh, I just love that branch outside the, the way that it comes off the trunk that way on that tree. Mm. Yeah, but also remember to see the thing that you bought three years ago or five years ago that when you saw it five years ago, you loved it and mm. appreciated it. Mm-hmm. But remembering to appreciate now. Yeah, I mean, when I moved to this beautiful part of the world that I'm living in, for the first probably two years, I'd say, anytime I was on the road getting driving from here to one of the other villages and I would see the view out over the dam and the beautiful sunsets and things, and the rolling hills and cows, I actually tears would come to my eyes of just like gratitude that I live somewhere so beautiful and then I noticed um, after I'd been here about three years I'd stop doing that I no, I had to make myself notice because I was just focused on you know the errand I was on and that kind of disappointed me that's why I'm so happy about these chairs yeah <laughs> I still have it but uh, but looking at the sky we can all do that yeah look ha- at the sky and how it just opens you up yeah. to awe and wonder and but if you look at something that doesn't inspire that gratitude, I say pick something else. Mm. Just go, I'm really glad I have hands. Yeah, you've got to find something. I remember commuting, um, year, this is years ago, commuting to a, on a, a long way on a bus to a job I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And um, I would sit on the go always, always to the back of the bus, probably because I was, a, you know, I was one of those back of the bus kids when I was going to school. And, uh, and I would just try and find something that I could love about the experience. Mm-hmm. And so mind, really that, that mindfulness yeah, practice. Also. So uh, I think I was, what, 23 or 4. Mm. Um, and you do, you find something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go, mm, look at that person's ear. <laughs> or, well, you would find that yeah. because you're an artist. You'd go, I'm so grateful for the shape of that ear. I'd like yeah, to yeah. draw that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Well, I used to feel when I was um, when I was young, um, maybe 11, I think, 10, 11, 12, something like that, I would go and sit on the park on the swings or sit in my living room that I grew up in and, and just think about how lucky I was until I would have tears streaming down my eyes. And I would feel what I later learned was rapture. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought, I mean... I put I put together that that's that for me, and then I found out well for everybody. If you connect with gratitude, that's a direct connection to Into source. Rapture, source, yeah. Absolutely. See, I didn't have that experience as a kid, and I think life was probably the poorer for it. And once I discovered the practice of gratitude, mm. it really opened things up for mm. me in a in a very big way, mm. and continues to do so. Yeah. Yeah. So we've reached time. Gratitude can't be beat. Yeah. So um, I grat- think I know what we're going to tap on. Gratitude is the uh, gateway to rapture. <laughs> yes. Okay. I believe so. <laughs> yeah, someone said it's not only the greatest of all virtues, but the parent of all others. That really made sense to me. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love mm. that. Okay. Awesome. See you there. See you on the other side, everybody.